Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Elon Musk podcast. If I could ask you a real quick favor. If you could please hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're on right now, I'd greatly appreciate it because it helps grow the show. And that's what we want to do. So let's do that. And then let's get into a cage match between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, which is a really odd thing to say. But the worlds of technology and mixed martial arts are set to collide as Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk keeps teasing a potential face off with Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Now, the Internet's rife with speculation, and much of it is fueled by Elon Musk himself. And on Sunday, Musk took to X, the social media platform previously known as Twitter, declaring his intent to live stream the prospective bout with the noble cause of donating all the proceeds to a charity for veterans. Amidst the flurry of updates, Musk made an intriguing revelation. He said, I'm lifting weights throughout the day, preparing for the fight, he penned on X. Now, this announcement comes in line with Musk's subsequent post that unveiled the first episode of X videos. Details of what that entails were left pretty vague. And it was earlier this year that the seeds of this challenge were planted. Musk had tweeted an invitation to Zuckerberg for a, quote, cage match. Zuckerberg, known for his training in jujitsu, gamely responded with send location. And the playful exchange between the tech moguls continued with Musk suggesting the Vegas Octagon. A novel twist to the tale was introduced by Ed Crescenstein, a journalist known for his 2019 suspension from Twitter for his vibrant engagement with President Trump's tweets. Now, reinstated in 2022, Crescenstein took to X and presented a fight card of the rumored Musk Zuckerberg bout. He quirkily described Musk as six foot two, reportedly 187 pounds and built like a crash test dummy while Zuckerberg was painted as a sturdy 155-pound nerd. Now, this unsolicited commentary didn't go unnoticed, and Musk was quick to chime in, cheekily contending, I weigh at least 300 pounds. He continued to dissect the hypothetical matchup, surmising, if the fight is short, I would probably win. If long, he may win on endurance. I'm much bigger, and there's a reason MA has weight divisions. Now, Facebook's rebranding to Meta has ushered in a fresh wave of competition with Musk's ventures, notably with the release of Threads, a direct rival to Twitter. And as corporate competition simmers, the potential physical duel has garnered substantial attention, and Zuckerberg remains somewhat skeptical, having posted on Threads, quote, I suggested August 26 when he first challenged, but he hasn't confirmed, not holding my breath. Now, such skepticism might be well-founded. After all, Musk has previously stated that he might require surgery to fortify the titanium plate securing his C5 and C6 vertebrae. And with Musk's previous sumo wrestling experience leading to mega back pain, concerns about his fitness to fight are not unwarranted. And while Musk seems to be gearing up for the event, frequently updating followers about his training stints with UFC legend Jordan St. Pierre and podcaster Lex Friedman, both of those are credible MA fighters, Zuckerberg, too, hasn't been idle. 
He's been spotted training with UFC champions as well. And the larger-than-life duel, if it materializes, promises to be a record-smashing event. UFC President Dana White believes it would be the biggest fight ever, potentially breaking all pay-per-view records and raising hundreds of millions for charity. Yet amidst all the digital fervor, barb trading and preparations, there's a considerable degree of uncertainty clouding the prospective showdown. Musk's recent post suggests enthusiasm, with mentions of lifting 45-pound weights to prep. However, without concrete dates, the world watches and waits, wondering if the tech titans will ever really step into the cage. Now, this could be a pretty big event. Beyond the charitable contributions and the sheer spectacle of two of the world's most recognizable CEOs going toe-to-toe and face-to-face in the octagon, this could be a really interesting bout and could shoot X.com and threads higher up with engagement. So we'll see what happens with this. But if you're interested, please take a second and hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform you're on right now. Helps us out tremendously. Now let's take a look at some SpaceX Starbase news because Starship had an interesting day. A 2.75 seconds or something like that of a static fire that happened on the stand. And it looked pretty successful. It looked pretty good. It was short. I think it looked like a lot of Raptors fired. I don't know if all of them fired, but a lot of them did. And it, from what we understand, some Raptors canceled. They stopped. So they aborted. And so they aborted the whole thing. So while it looks cool and there's lots of smoke and stuff, which is awesome, I don't know that it was 100% successful. And, and as a result, I think they're going to be moving the booster back to the shipyard to maybe do some repairs. Not sure. Yeah, it looks like they have a couple of SPMT down at the launch site now, moving down there to move Booster back to the production facility, which is mm-hmm. it's expected after something like this. It's so the wrong direction, to be honest. It was, I was kind of hoping everything would just stay out there, but now if there's going to be nothing out there. 25 got moved back already. Yeah. And, and now they're going to move nine back, B9. So it's a little disappointing that everybody's leaving the launch site as opposed to yeah. going to the launch site. What are you going to do? Yeah, you can, they have to make the changes. If they, and we don't know, Sex hasn't said anything about why the engine shut down or what happened during the static fire or if it was 100% successful. And you can grade success on a few things. One of them is collection of data. They're collecting data at this. So if you're just going to say, oh, they collected data, that was successful. And at this point, it's the second. Try. I think, it's, I think but, we're a bit beyond just collecting data at yeah. this point. We want success. We want it to work. They've and we, SpaceX. Yeah, yeah. As a collective, the space community here, the space flight yeah. community, we want it to work. We want it to get to orbit. But also, SpaceX definitely needs this thing to get up there. They have a lot riding on these boosters. As far as yeah. the data collection goes, they're going to figure out what happened. And they're going to Well, you recently said that their hope is to... It's basically the same as last time, get to separation. Yeah. Uh, their goal is not necessarily to get to orbit Yeah, uh, or near orbit. Their goal is just to separate and yeah. uh, prove that works and they can do it. And the ship moves off in, in the right course and right direction. And, and that'd be successful. That would so. be great. He gave, mm-hmm. I think he gave it a 50% chance. He gave the last one a 50% chance to clear the tower. That so is- that was the first attempt at IFT-1 was to clear the tower 50% chance um, to get off the pad. And then this one's 50% chance to do hot stage firing, which they have never tested before. 
They've never tested it. So he's, it's 50-50 shot if it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Our engineers are great, but stuff could happen. Things could get shaken. Things could go wrong. So there's a possibility that 50% goes wrong <laughs> or 50% yeah, goes sure. right. There's, so there's a chance 100% goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or this makes it to orbit. Who knows? Does their orbital velocity and makes it all the way to Hawaii? And it, it would be great if that happened. But it seems like they're going to be moving this thing back to the production facility. And when they move it back to the production facility, probably swap out some raptors, figure out what happened. Was it the water deluge system that extinguished these raptors? There's a little, there's a That's little, a question. Uh, some rumors floating around on Reddit, not Twitter, about was the water deluge system too powerful? And it, Part you know, of what yeah. I'm curious about is if you look at the water deluge system, I think video here from SpaceX, it shoots up quite far. Right, into the air. Yeah. The engines are quite high up in the air too, but it shoots out more or less sideways rather than up. So I don't know, know how the deluge system would have affected the Raptors. It doesn't really go up into the base of the ship. Yeah. And you can, so you can see from this picture, I think more so yeah. that it doesn't really, there's a little bit of spray that, but it doesn't really get up there. It's, it's it pretty really. Yeah. Yeah. But could it have tripped some sensors and the engines when the, you know, the engines hit the water and it created steam? And could there have been some sort of sensor issue? Shut down the engines. Engines could be fine. The sensors could just be too sensitive, sensorative. (laughs) If that's the issue, yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It could just be the, those darn raptors that are uh, unreliable. Unreliable. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. Reddit. (laughs) If you're listening, the most um, complex engine in the world is unreliable. What's surprise? Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. It's never been done before. It's the most, most powerful engine ever built, but it's unreliable. Well, second, it's the second test. So, yeah. you know, it, Raptor 2, they're building Raptor 3. And of course, not only are they making it more powerful, they're making it more reliable. They're making it with less parts, which makes it more reliable, less things to break, always more reliable. But it seems like the deluge system worked pretty good. It looked like it worked pretty good. I did wonder what what the effective part is of the deluge system, though. Like, we see lots of water pouring out, but I definitely have seen a video, and I think you've got the video somewhere, maybe you could show it, where they're testing an engine. I don't know if it's SpaceX at all, but they're testing an engine against the deluge system. It could be, this could be the mock-up of SpaceX's system. But you can see that the flames just destroy the water. There's no way that the shooting water is stopping these flames. So my guess is, and I think that's accurate, my guess is that the water shooting out is just part of a radiation system. The actual water underneath the steel plates is the important one. That's the stuff that's cooling those plates as it gets hot. The water shooting out is just more or less hot water points shooting out that's been heated by these engines. So... Yeah, the deluge system is more about cooling the underside of the plate rather than stopping the flames from hurting the plate. Yeah, I think so too. It's more for there's noise suppression, of course, which is great for the wildlife and great for the people down there. But also you have, like you said, it's a metal, it's a giant steel deflector at the bottom of the pad. So they got to cool it down. These engines are, like you said, the most powerful engines ever. So the... Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's a radiator, basically. It's we don't have another rock tornado like last time. There's a chance that maybe 
maybe this is all going to work. I don't know. I think this is going to be incredible if it does. There's no flame diverter trench. And people, if you've noticed anything from Twitter, it's that there are some people. I was, I'm still one of them. I don't know if this is going to work 100%, but there's a lot of people on social media that are saying, that have said and will continue to say that this needs a flame diverter. It needs Mm -hmm. a giant trench. It Mm -hmm. needs to be built up 30 feet in the air. They need to stack a bunch of stuff on it and then put the rocket on top of that. But it looks like they're proving everybody wrong. (laughs) So it's great. I think 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 it's awesome. I think you have to remember that flame diverter trench, so to speak, if we put that in quotations, is 60, 70 rule tech, if you will. Very low tech, but it's tech. Things can be better and things can be new and still work. It's yep. not like the, it just stops working because there's something new. You just got to keep push, pushing and keep progressing forward. My, my bigger concern, it always has been, is what happens on Mars or the moon or something like that. If you're trying, maybe not the moon, but Mars, you're not going to have a, a water-cooled deluge system on Mars. How do they prevent it there? That's the biggest concern and worry. And perhaps a trench on Mars makes more sense. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you could, please take a second and hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now. It's free, it's easy, and it helps us continue to do this show. Thanks again, and take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you in the next one.